1: Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
0: Now we're rocking a little bit. More Mac Miller on the fan. Keith McPherson on the fan. Call me up. I don't have that much time. And at this time, we're about 48 hours away From the game that I feel like has the most juice in the divisional round, Giants, Eagles, and uh, Giants fans have been listening to the fan all week, calling in, talking about going down to Philadelphia or not, or maybe you're hosting your family, your friends. It's a good time to get together for Giants fans. You haven't had this type of energy, this type of juice around a game in a long time. So enjoy it. Enjoy it. It's a Saturday night. Like, what, what more can you ask for? A Saturday night playoff game against a division rival where you're feeling like you can shock the world. And I don't think it'll be that shocking if you do. No. I'm, I haven't once come on here and said that the Giants um, are going to beat the Eagles. I think they're going to play well enough to beat the Eagles. I think it's going to be a closer game than the spread says or uh, what a lot of people think. But none of us know. I repeat, none of us know. And uh, I'm on Twitter. shots of to everyone that Interacts with me on Twitter that doesn't call, but follows me on Twitter. I appreciate you guys. And, you know, I always put out my little post when I'm going on at Keith McPherson on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever you follow people. And I like to go back during the breaks and see what people say. So uh, Blue said, did you just say Cam for Chris Stapps, Keith? Are you losing sleep at home? I am. Bro, seems like a pretty bad statement, my man. Come on, Keith. In my open, I said, Knicks fans are dreaming of a trade that brings Chris Stapps back See if they want Cam Reddish. (laughs) One, they don't. Two, you got to be crazy if you think that you could trade Cam Reddish for Chris Stapp's Porzingis straight up. (laughs) I don't think you watch any NBA. The NBA is the league where I think fans think they know the most about the game. Like more than any other sport, you see people call fans that don't know enough or if they think they don't know enough casuals and I I never use that term I hate that term oh you're a casual you're a casual fan NBA fans love doing that especially NBA Twitter like you don't know what I know you don't know what I like I'm a casual what if I like you don't know how many games I watch maybe I just watch my team maybe I don't know what you know but because you play JV you think that you're a diehard fan that knows everything about basketball I hate know-it-all fans I don't like know-it-all radio hosts either Right? I'm a fan that they put on the fan. That's why I never came through with that energy like I know better than you. Call me up. Maybe you can educate me. Maybe you can tell me something. And if both of us don't know, Google knows. We can look it up. But I, I hate fans that put other fans down because they don't know as much as them or they think they don't know as much as them. You know what? Everyone can't know everything, and there's levels to fandom. Right Here at the fan, we get paid to watch the games. We get paid to talk about the games. We should know a couple things. The regular person that has a regular job doesn't need to be a, a whiz on every stat and every player in the history of every team. You can't. It's impossible to n- know everything, all right? I'm not old enough to know everything. I didn't live through everything. I, I swear I hate when people say casual or call someone casual fans. Like, I jokingly will come into some show and I'll say, come one, come all. Casual fans, bandwagon fans, fairweather fans. Because I'm literally like, if you're a fan of sports... This is the fan in New York. This is the place for you. Come listen to people talk about sports, and maybe you'll learn something, and maybe you'll take something from one of these shows that you can bring into a conversation. I hate fans that put other fans down. How does someone get into something, right? We all started off with a casual interest. Maybe you had a casual interest when you were a child, but, like, I just picked up hockey last year because coming into WFAN, I didn't want to be the one host that never mentioned hockey. I didn't want to be the one host without an allegiance. Shout out to the Devils. Devils coming on at 10. I'll be home watching them. And my New Jersey Nets, Brooklyn Nets. All right, let's get back to the calls. 877-337-6666. I saw my boy Zion on Twitter, too. Shout out to Zion if he's listening. We met at Yankee Stadium uh, last year, not this year. And uh, I guess Zion doesn't listen to WFAN much. He said, what's the number? <laughs> it's like one of the most famous numbers you can, you can know. Okay, we've got plenty of calls. Let's go and switch it up. Joe is in North Babylon on the fan. Go for it, Joe. Hey, how you doing, Keith? I'm good, I'm good. Thanks for holding I was trying to get to you, but obviously we were doing a ton of Giants-Eagles talk. Uh, What do you got for us?
2: I want to talk about my bills.
0: Yeah. (laughs) The
2: Buffalo Bills. Um, Nobody circles the wagons
0: like the Buffalo Bills. Are you circling wagons right now? It sounds like it. What's that? Are you circling the wagons right now? It's it's a commotion oh, I'm going
3: on. The wagons. I I, mean, <laughs> I need I wasn't the Super Bowl this year. Listen, my Joe Burrow isn't better than Josh Allen. I mean Joe Burrow is a good quarterback, but he's not he's not, he's not there yet. Do he's you pretty agree good. With me or
0: no? no, I disagree. I won't say that he's better than Josh Allen because Josh Allen can run the ball, throw oh, yeah. the ball, yeah. and yeah. Uh, He's been in the league longer, but Joe Burrow is accurate. Uh, he's got the right demeanor. He his quarterback rating is up there, and he doesn't turn the ball over as much as Josh Allen.
3: Yeah, because Josh Allen tries to press the ball. He tries. Yeah, to he really takes too many well.
0: chances, especially in the red zone, and he doesn't have Brian Dable in his ear to say, "Hey, protect the ball down here."
3: So, what? Let me ask you your 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 honest opinion: Who's going to win the game? And and Keith, I love you, and I listen to you every night. Do you think my Bills are going to win this game?
0: Home field advantage. I think yes, and thanks for the call, Joe. I think the Bills should win the game. I think the Bills will win the game, but I think I'm going to put money on the Bengals. And here's why: the Buffalo Bills last week struggled with the Miami Dolphins and Skylar Thompson. Different game. It's week to week. You've heard me say that. But just watching that game, I'm like, if if Jalen Waddle catches. A couple of passes. If Tyreek Hill doesn't drop them. Like it's a different game. And when I look at Joe Burrow and the weapons that he has, those guys aren't dropping passes. I'm talking about Jamar Chase. I'm talking about T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Even Hayden Hurst at tight end. And Joe Burrow is precise. Joe shysty. He is the type of guy. Like he is. He's just gonna do what he does. Like he he. he it's a regular day. He is the same guy all the time. Kind of like. You know, cooler than Daniel Jones, but kind of how Daniel Jones is just like, it's just another day at work. And I see Joe Burrow going in there with a chip on his shoulder. I see the Bengals going in there with a chip on their shoulder. Why? Because no one's really talking about them, and they're the defending AFC champions. They went to the Super Bowl last year. They went on the road and beat everybody last year. So they're not worried about going into Orchard Park. They're not worried about Bill's Mafia. They're going to go and play football. And, I mean, I know the... um, I forget the guy's name. The Bengals left tackle went down. Uh, Jonah Williams. Jonah Williams went down. That's tough. But, like, I don't think that changes what they're going to do because they got to the Super Bowl last year behind a shaky old line Joe Burrow doesn't care. He's got a quick release. He knows how to read defenses. He knows where to put the ball. Von Miller's not rushing. Von, Von Miller is out. Von Miller's not rushing him. And I know they got guys that can get home. I know Ed Oliver is a beast. I know they have a few guys on that defense. Tredavious White. uh, They got Micah Hyde back. Um, And I saw something with Micah Hyde talking about, like, yeah, this is my last game. Like, already kind of signing off for the Bills as if he's not going to re-sign. Maybe he wants to go elsewhere as a free agent. But I thought that was a little premature. Um, Like, that podcast could have waited. I think it's interesting, too, how these players all have podcasts And they're, you know, using their platforms to speak out. They're not calling into radio so much. They're not going on ESPN and FS1 so much because they can just get on their podcast on YouTube and talk and express themselves in the way they want to. And um, going back to the Bills, the DeMar Hamlin story, as captivating as it was for this country, I feel like it brought the country together. I hate to say it, but, like, it's, you know, in the past. Like, he, he recovered You know, it didn't turn bad for the kid. Like, we all thought he might still be in the hospital right now. He's not. So, like, the impact of DeMar Hamlin, I think it it helped them for, you know, the game Naeem Hines comes out and returns the first two kicks. Like, boom, immediate energy. And you could feel that. And he may be on the sideline. They may put him on the big screen. But I don't know if they're getting any extra juice from that. I mentioned Josh Allen turns the ball over. You can't turn the ball over like that. Now, I also mentioned that, the Dolphins gave them a run for their money, and the Ravens gave the Bengals a run for their money. But it's it's a divisional matchup, right? And what are we talking about tonight? The Eagles and the Giants. It's going to be a close game. It's a division rival. All bets are off. Neither team covered. The Bills didn't cover last week. The Bengals didn't cover last week. The Bills, I think, were 13-and-a-half favorites, and the Bengals were eight and a half favorites. Now they meet, and the Bills are favored by five, and I'm just like, all right, the Bills have to play a lot better to hold off Joe Burrow. I think if it's a shootout and they're going back and forth, um, we already saw a little bit, a very small uh, sample in Cincinnati where the Bengals went and scored a touchdown right away, and that game got suspended at 7-3. I think the Bengals have unfinished business. I think the Bengals have a chip on their shoulder. They've talked a lot. Um, they also feel slighted by the way that the NFL handled things once that game got canceled, right? The, the coin flip and all that other stuff you saw – Joe Mixon score a touchdown and do a coin flip and the NFL find him. I think that uh, Zach Taylor and that team, they're very confident because they went to the Super Bowl last year. And they know that they're a couple games away from going right back. They want to go face Pat Mahomes. They want to run that back like they went to Arrowhead last year and beat Pat Mahomes. So I'm looking at that game. The Bills are supposed to win, right? I saw someone with the sign in Buffalo. It said America's team. Yes, The DeMar Hamlin story brought America together. We all watched that game on Monday Night Football, and we saw that young man fall the way that he did, and it it scared all of us. Football is a rough game. It it is war. It is a gladiator sport, and it kind of zapped all of us to realize, hey, it is just a sport. It is just entertainment. Someone's life is on the line right here. And everybody donated, and everybody prayed, and everybody came together um, and and there there wasn't any division. Everybody was on the same page with that, and that was nice to see. But the news cycle is every twenty four hours, especially with social media. People are on to the next, and uh, I don't know how much juice the Damar Hamlin story is going to give the Bills. They just got to come out and play better football. And I think the Bengals had a scare last week. The Bills had a scare last last week. Let's see who responds. But for betting purposes, and I'll give you guys my picks tomorrow. I think I'm I'm putting money on the Bengals. I think the Bills are due for a letdown because there's just so much pressure. There's just so much hype. And they're the Bills. We've seen them come up short plenty. We've seen them fail plenty times in the past. Uh, let's go to Zach in Hempstead on the fan. What's up, Zach?
2: How are you doing?
0: I'm good. How are you?
2: Uh, I'm a big Giants fan. Yeah, and I think they're going to win by two scores.
0: Two scores, like two field goals? Six? Or like two touchdowns? Fourteen? like. Over seven. Okay. Are you going to tease that? Are you going to put a bet on that and tease that up? Giants minus seven and a half? Uh, No, but I
2: I think they're going (laughs) to win by over
0: seven. I think it's possible, man, because, like I said, if you punch them in the mouth early and you take the fans out of it, the Philly fans are going to turn on them, and then now you've got a team coming off a bye week that hasn't played good football in the last month, a quarterback who we don't really know how good his shoulder is. And we don't really know like how healthy he is. I think I think it could happen, but I think you know the Eagles just have so much talent that that's going to keep them in the game. The Giants have to outcoach them, and then they have to play mistake-free football.
2: Yeah, at the end of the game last week, right? The roughing the passer on Dexter Lawrence
0: is nonsense, NFL... bogus.
2: Yeah, have the NFL explained what?
0: No, and I and I'm glad you brought that up because I I say that I said it last year going into the playoffs. I'm going to say it again this year. The NFL is bogus. The officiating is bogus. We watch it every week, 1 through 18, in the playoffs. Something egregious something that is just straight up nonsense happens that can alter the game and we just go along with it. We're sitting on our couches, these guys are right on the field and they can't call the game right whether it's someone lining up offsides, whether it's roughing the passer, whether it's PI or an incomplete pass that they rule complete, like it's 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 going to happen. And I hope that it doesn't doesn't happen in this game to alter this game, but no, the NFL's never the way that the NBA has a 2-minute report at the end of games where they come out and they say, "Yeah, we missed this call, we missed like they're accountable. You're never going to get that from the NFL. The NFL looks at themselves more like WWE, like an entertainment group, where they're like, no, this is our product, and it's not so much a sport. And uh, now we've got people betting on it and all of this gambling money. You know, games can get swayed by a, a, a call that shouldn't have been called. And these roughing the passer calls are the most annoying. I don't know. I played football when you know, roughing the passer. I played quarterback. Like, you're, you're getting hit, bro. You're the, we're live. Once that ball is snapped, you're getting hit. There's no roughing the passer. Imagine what would happen if they lost. Right. Imagine if the Vikings marched down the field and took that game. We'd still be talking about it. But if you remember, uh, the Rams and the Saints, the, the Rams end up going to the Super Bowl and beating the Saints, and there should have been a pass interference call. The corner literally yeah. knocked the receiver off his feet. He didn't have a chance to catch the ball. And we just went on. Okay, whatever. Whatever you say, NFL. Bogus. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Zach. Moving right along here. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Frankie on Staten Island. What's up, man? You're on the fan.
2: What's up, Keith, man? Nice to get uh, get on the air with you, man. I, I really respect you. I'm a longtime fan listener and started listening to you and love you, man. You got me well diverse in all sports, even Thank basketball you. and football. I'm a huge hockey fan. I love hearing you talking about hockey. I'm a huge Ranger fan, but I'm a hockey fan. I'm not one of those with the Devils and the Islanders. So yeah, I want you, like, you
0: like Puck. And I'm, I'll tell you this. Shout out to the Devils. I, I've gone to three Devils games, and it has yeah. changed the way I look at hockey because i would never been to a live game. It's lit. It's so much better to watch the game in the arena. In it's a yeah. complete different experience than watching on TV.
2: No doubt. No doubt. Hockey is a sport where you either love it or hate it. But once you go watch it live, you're hooked, and you're hooked for good. Yeah. Um, so, I'm calling because I got a couple of things for you. Number one, I want to hear your insight on, you know, with the Metro Division, you know it's a, it's just a mess, a cluster of talented teams, Devils, Islanders, Rangers, Cats, Penguins, so on and so forth. We're almost, you know, we're a little bit more halfway through the season. Tell me where you think, you know, where we're going to finish. You see all three local teams making the yeah. playoffs.
0: Yeah, I don't Number think. Two, okay
2: betting sorry to cut you off no you betting, got it you we're talking about betting ride the Bruins ride the Stars and ride the Oilers <laughs> if you want to make some easy money yeah those teams those teams are,
0: I mean the devil's been don't rolling don't, lately too but yeah so so my thoughts you know obviously like I said I'm, I'm new coming into NHL last year and I'm looking this year and obviously I know the teams and the cities and I know the usual suspects and looking at the east it's, it's the usual suspects but there's some other teams yep. mixed in and I think that, you know, we've got a little bit of more time till we get to the playoffs. It's not going to stay, right? The Devils started off so hot they had 13 wins in a row. Then yeah. they cooled off, and they're hot again. But uh, when we get down I to it. I call
2: my brother the cup doesn't get uh, awarded in November when yeah. the Devils went hot. But
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, when, we get, when we get down teams. to it, it's going to be who's playing the best hockey in February, in March. And uh, I'm hoping yeah. that the Devils can stay up there, but there's a good chance that it ends up being – the Bruins, uh, the Hurricanes, the Rangers, yeah. the Capitals, like the the, the usual suspects.
2: It, it's great, and I'm going to you know, respectfully disagree, and I'll tell you why. Because they're so close together point-wise. Everyone all hockey, such a long season. Every game means something. Every two points is up for grabs. Mm-hmm. When the Rangers played the Devils last weekend, Saturday at 1 o'clock. Riveting. Every, all the Ranger fans, we thought we had two points in the bag. The Devils came back in the third period, put in three pucks, won an OT, and now the Rangers are done with a point. That one point can change the standings in one day from you're going from, you know, four to six. Right. So now on really does matter, and keep that in mind. And the last thing, congratulations on beating out Craigie in the freestyle.
0: He gave you you, you a run, but... uh, I wasn't looking to compete. I wasn't challenging anybody. I wasn't looking to, like, I said to to Sal last night, Sal came in, and Sal was like, did you hear Craig's freestyle? I'm like, yeah, my first thought was, what have I done? I was just trying to be creative, show people, like, what I could do a little bit. Yeah, Craig is the man, though.
2: Craig is the man, though. I I love love that he
0: uh, at least attempted it. I didn't hear if Sal did last night, but uh, thanks for the call, Frankie, And, and shout out to Craig, you know? He said something. Rumble in the jungle. You know I got humbled. Yeah, I stumbled. I was like, oh, bars. (laughs) Keith McPherson on the fan. I'll be right back.
4: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.
0: Around 8.30-ish. Keith McPherson on the fan, checking back in. Got to take these calls a little faster. Time is burning. Uh, Before I know it, we'll we'll be done. We've got another hour, and there's plenty of people on the line. And all the calls are lining up Giants. So if you don't care to hear about the Giants, I don't know, turn to the other station. Um, It's playoffs, divisional round, NFC East rivalry. This is what we're supposed to be doing on the fan in New York. Let's get back to the fans that call the fan. Richard is in Manhattan. Let's go, Richard. Go for it.
3: Hi, Keith. You know, I learned how to swim in uh, Asbury Park at the Monte Carlo Pool. Nice. 1965, it was the largest outdoor saltwater pool. That was fantastic.
0: Wow. Back in the day, that was way, way before. Oh, man, it was great.
3: (laughs) Asbury Park was something, walking on that boardwalk. I've seen pictures. I I remember seeing, I was 10 years old, I went to a Bruno San Martino cowboy Bill Watts a wrestling match. They were tag team partners.
0: Yeah. I've, uh, I've run that boardwalk a hundred times. I used uh, to run that boardwalk great. and watch the sun come up.
3: As, I went there, and, and then I went back afterwards in the 70s when I was older. It was a lot of fun. Asbury Park was a beautiful place. Beautiful place. Still is. Uh, as far as the Giants go, Keith, you're 100% right. They're going to win. I go back to 1982. Well, I didn't say they're going to win, <laughs> but go for it. But I agree with you that they can win, and I say they're going to win. I go back to 1982. The Giants got into the playoffs that year, first time in 19 years, similar to this situation. They finished 9-7. and It was uh, LT's first year, 1981. This is in January of 82. The, the Eagles were coming off the Super Bowl. They had lost to the Red And if you remember that Eagle team in 81, the 82 playoffs, they had Jaworski, Harold Carmichael, Wilbert Montgomery, and Reggie White. And the Giants were playing with a backup quarterback, Scott Bruner. They went down to the vet. The only time they ever beat the Eagles in the playoffs was that year in 82. They went to Philadelphia. And it took two fumbles by a guy by the name of Wally Henry. He fumbled the ball twice. He was their punt returner. And that's how the Giants beat the Eagles. Mm-hmm. They were 9-7 and seven that year, and they, went to the, they played the 49ers the next week. And that was the week that uh, Montana, he didn't have Jerry Rice yet. They beat the Giants. The Giants played a great game. The following week after that was the Dwight uh, uh, Claw catch against the Cowboys, the 49ers won. But the Giants played two good games. They beat the Eagles. They lost to the 49ers in a pretty close game. I think they're going to beat them. Everything aligns up just like you said. Why not? The eight-point spread is way too much, Keith, way too much. And I really like the Giants on Saturday. So I I agree with you. They can win the game. I'm going to go further than that. I think they will win the game. Keith, always a pleasure. You're doing a great job. I love listening to you. you. Your scope is amazing, and you really have a great way with the callers. You're a really good guy. Take care, Keith. Always a pleasure.
0: Thank you, Richard. Great call. Uh, and now Richard just gave you some history, uh, some you know history potentially repeating itself. And I'm not gonna lie, the first Super Bowl I remember is uh, Super Bowl 27 in '93, where the Cowboys put up 52 points, and that's why I'm a Cowboys fan. That's where it started. Um, I can't go back further than that. I, I guess I've seen NFL films and YouTube and NFL Network, but I you know I remember uh, you know like. Leon Lett and Don Beebe, and obviously, you know, the triplets, uh, Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith. Like, that's when I started watching the NFL and could, like, remember. Like, after that Super Bowl, I'm like, bandwagon frontrunner. I'm going to roll with Dallas. And here I am on the fan all of these years later. And I haven't switched up. Um, and it hasn't been that much fun being a Dallas fan, but it was fun in elementary school. All right, keeping it moving. Stu is in Red Bank. Stu, you got it. You're on the fan. Hey,
4: Keith, what's going on, my friend?
0: Holding it down, man. Bringing it home. How are you?
4: Good, brother. You do a great job. You're my guy, man. You know that. Hey, listen. Th- yeah, thank you. Red Bank, Monmouth brother, County. You know, yeah, Monmouth County, guys, man. Hey, listen. This is some, you know, crazy, crazy, crazy stuff for the New York fans, you know? And I don't know if you you know if you remember me. I mean, you talked, you know, like the other caller, you, your sister was on that first time. Mm-hmm. That was your one of your first calls. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you were talking about the judge, And me and you were talking about how, yo, they got to get other people in here. They got to mix it up and get a whole other regime in, you know? Yeah, I felt like the guy was in
0: over his head. He was a New England special teams coach. He comes to New York, and one of the first things I said about him is, like, New Yorkers can see right through you. We can tell who is who and what is what, who's real, who knows what they're talking about, who's done something out here. And and I felt like he was a little fraudulent. Look at the team, like – you know that team last year he, he couldn't motivate them he couldn't scheme he couldn't game plan they were they were dead in and, and every you know week for the most part and then you know at the end of the season they wanted to bring him back and I'm like I don't think he deserves to come back you've got to get some football guys in here some guys that have done it with some experience and they did and and the, the fans forced that and I'll, I'll always feel that way that the New York Giants fan base got a seat at the table and said no 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 we're not bringing him back
4: Bro, 100%. And, you know, listen, I'll speak, to, you know, I'll speak for all the Giant fans. So I'm a season ticket holder. You know, everybody was, you know, including myself, man, you know, Daniel Jones, he doesn't have it. What should we do with his jerseys? The jerseys are going to go in the guard. <laughs> listen, I held on to him and said, you know what, he showed flashes. You remember that run he had, what was that, 80-yard run, and he fell on the, like, the 20-yard line, and everybody was yeah. like, oh, Was
0: that man. against the Eagles? I forget no. who that was against. I got to look that yeah, up. Yeah,
4: I, I, it, it might have been. A, maybe the screener can check that out. But, but yeah, we were all excited.
0: It was against hey, the up. Eagles. Yep. <laughs> I knew it was against the Eagles. <laughs> He better not do that. I tell you that, or the jersey's gone. I mean, if he breaks an eighty-yard run, I don't care if he falls. <laughs> They'll figure out the rest. He won't fall. I bet you he never does that again. That's something that you never live down as a football player. I still remember runs where I either got caught or I, I didn't. Like house it, you, it just stays with you. He, he won't. He won't let that happen again. No, no, that was great though.
4: Hey, listen, all the Giants fans, don't forget. You know, tomorrow. You know, I don't know, Bob. You know, Bob Pop and You know, and everybody wear the blue tomorrow. Yes, you know, good reminder. And the Giants blue tomorrow for the, the Giants. Uh, and you know, Keith, you know, something else, man. You know, you hit it. Like, the camaraderie in the locker room. Did you see that locker room after the Minnesota game? Yeah, you where- can't
0: miss this stuff. That's what I'm saying. Even though I'm a Dallas fan, I, like, I'm looking at these guys. They're playing for one another. There's so many guys with different stories. So many guys that were either cut or, you know, counted out or discarded from other teams. And they've come together, and, and they believe. And Day Bowl has them believing. And the vibe that they have, I said, I've never seen the Giants vibing quite like this. Yeah, man, it's electric, man.
4: It's it's contagious, and that guy, Hodgkins, Hodgkins. Isaiah Hodgins, yeah, he's a man.
0: Bro, he's a touchdown Sa- maker.
4: Yeah, you see him and Saquon doing the dance. Of course, oh, man, been.
0: bro. Social media. I love that social media has become such a part of this type of stuff because when I was a kid, we couldn't we couldn't see that. You see the team on Saturday, on Sunday. You read the paper. You, you can read some blogs, but it's like now, like these guys. Can go viral off of an Instagram live in the locker room, and then even these reporters that were at practice today. I'm just like, if you're a Giants fan and you see these guys are not nervous, they're loose, they're having fun, they have a theme song, like, you gotta feel good about going into this game. It's not a guarantee that they're gonna beat them, but like, look where they came from this season to be in this position. You gotta feel confident that they can challenge them and potentially win.
4: Yeah, the buzz, the buzz in New York and New Jersey, bro. You know the slogan "Our Way." Let's do it our way. You know that little thing they got right now. It's 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 on the money, man. There's something magical going on there, you know. Even if they don't win, they play a
0: tight game. It's you know, ace or you know, aces, man. This season, you know. Indeed, thanks for the call, Stu. Just got to move the line along, but you know, like Stu just said, and and good call from a giant season ticket holder that can talk to it. Uh, wear blue tomorrow, right? Through the course of the season, just even being in the city, I just saw more and more fans popping up with their Giants gear. You know how it is as a fan. I know. Like when the Cowboys embarrass me, I'm I'm tucking all that Cowboys stuff. I'm packing it up. You won't see me in it. Um, when, same for the Yankees and any team that I rep. But like now Giants fans felt like they can be themselves again and rep their team. They're proud of their team. So wear blue tomorrow. And then also the our way video with Strahan History repeats itself. There's so many little things that are tying back to, okay, it's Daniel Jones's fourth season. Eli won the Super Bowl in his fourth season. The Super Bowl is in Arizona this year. It was in Arizona that year. Like, those little things, if you've ever listened to me on WFAN, I say the universe never unconnects. There is something already coded in the universe for this to happen. They didn't go one and done. With the R-Way slogan, it is like reigniting the fan base, because they've done this twice before. They've had incredible runs, arguably two of the most incredible runs in NFL history, right? Beating the GOAT, Tom Brady. The GOAT is out. And when you look around the NFL, what quarterbacks are you really afraid of? Jalen Hurts still has to show me. He still has to prove it. Dak Prescott is the oldest guy left, and he's still got a ton to prove. Brock Purdy is bound to look like a rookie, Sunday night, the last game on, everyone will be watching. Fingers crossed for me because I would love to come back next week and it'd be Giants-Cowboys in Jerry World and we could talk about it. But, yeah, that Our Way slogan, I just think it's it's great. I think the fans should be energized. You've got this team this far. Believe and keep going forward and keep thinking that they can do it. And then if they do it, the number one thing that I tell people with sports is, like, it's in people's minds. Right? Your thoughts become things. You think the Eagles all these guys dreamed of being NFL players and getting to the Super Bowl. You think the Eagles don't have a team full of guys that watched the Giants runs in the past, and it doesn't matter. I had a call, I had a call, I think, before the playoffs, and it was a Cowboys fan. That was kind of like, I don't know, getting at me, like, You're a Cowboys fan, you know, why are you talking about the Giants like this? I'm like, because I, I see something going on here. It has nothing to do with my fandom. And he's like, well, who do they have that was there when they made the run in 2011, 2007? So I started thinking, I'm like, I don't know. There's definitely somebody in the front office. Obviously, there's no players. It's 2023. Obviously, there's no players that are still playing from 2011 or um, you know, 2007, that team. But what are you trying to say? It was like, you know, people are, like, jealous. There's, like, a, a weird animosity, like, Can they do it again? Because the thought is in people's minds that, yo, how did the Giants win their last two Super Bowls? The same way, their way, our way. Your thoughts become things. If they get into this game against the Philadelphia Eagles and they go up, the thought creeps into their fans' minds, oh, wow, we've seen this before. (laughs) No way are they doing it again. And that also hits the players and the coaches, and that's how you steal a game. Thoughts become things, and if the Giants think they can do it, and then the Eagles start thinking that history is repeating itself, it's going to be a fun time Saturday night. Keith McPherson on the fan, 877-337-6666. We'll be back after this quick timeout. (laughs) Return of the Mac, your boy K-Mac on the fan. I'm back, back from break. Thanks for listening, thanks for calling, and uh, thanks for rocking with me. Appreciate the support. We've got an hour left until Brooklyn Nets radio begins. The Brooklyn Nets taking on the Phoenix Suns out west. And uh, I'm just looking through scores, looking for any news, updates, things like that. And uh, something I wanted to do, I I will probably also do this tomorrow, and I've done this throughout the week, was try and go you know, through the rosters, player by player, and try and find weaknesses or strengths or a couple guys that I feel like just like, have to rise. Um, When you looked at the game last week, right, Justin Jefferson is a guy that if he wasn't shut down, maybe that's a different game. Uh, You know, TJ Hawkinson was able to rise, but they were able to win the game. They weren't really worried about him. Um, Going into that game, I talked about Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook in week 18 went down where he was under the blue tent. I don't think he was 100%. So their run game wasn't that effective, talking about the Minnesota Vikings versus the Giants in the wild card round. Uh, but then when you looked at the Giants team, who rose? Danny Dimes, right? That's the guy. That's the quarterback. He's going to need to have a good game against the Eagles, a, a great game, really, because the Eagles' defense is not the Vikings' defense. Now, the Eagles are stacked, and they went for it this year, right? They they made moves. They made trades. They drafted well. Uh, you just seen Georgia win the national championship, right? They went and drafted N'Kobe Dean before him. Uh, Jordan Davis, both of those guys will be involved. Um, but really, when I'm looking at their defense, man, they added guys like Robert Quinn and Ndamukong Sue as insurance. But they didn't need those guys. That's what I mean, they went all in. Uh, they've got some monsters on that defensive line. Brandon Graham, Flet- Fletcher Cox, these guys have been doing it for years. You know what they bring to the table. You know who they are. Uh, Josh Sweat, he's a monster. Hassan Reddick. And then when you go into uh, their linebackers, I think there's a little lesser known names with White and Edwards, and that's why you hear people saying, you know, the Giants have to run the ball, they have to run the ball, they have to run the ball. It isn't just running the ball, it isn't just ISO and power and counters. Run the ball creatively, uh, disguise your formations a little bit, change your formations, and try and catch them off guard. And it doesn't just have to be Saquon Barkley, 15 carries, even though I think he needs a minimum of 15 carries this week. Different game plan going against the Vikings versus the Eagles. Daniel Jones is going to run the Rock, but you have to protect him. They're going to try and smack him. They're going to try and take him out. Um, But you also have Breida that can take some carries. And I don't know, maybe a couple end-arounds. Give Slayton an end-around. Maybe Richie James. Give uh, him one of those, uh, you know, quick pitches or or get him outside. Just try and be creative with the way that you attack this Eagles defense and kind of catch them off guard because they have all of the guys up front, of course. And then they have a great secondary as well. They traded and got uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Giants fans know James Bradbury had a good year for them last year and they went and picked him up because the Giants couldn't really afford him. And then Darius Slay, the longtime Detroit Lion, he's been great. He started off the season with a bunch of picks and He can cover anybody. So when you're looking at the Giants, it's a mismatch, right? The Giants have receivers that no one really thinks can match up well against this secondary, but it's the NFL. It's football. It's one-on-one, and there's multiple plays, and these guys are trying to prove it. They're trying to make a name for themselves. Isaiah Hodgins came out going up against Patrick Peterson, who's a Hall of of Famer, and he said, I want to earn his respect. That's all football is. That's what you do in practice. You compete. You try to earn guys' respect. I saw Brian Dayball come out and hit Saquon Barkley with a rock, paper, scissors, and I love that this week. Just little things like that that I see on social media, I'm like, these guys, they they have it. You know, from my own experience playing football, you have to always be competing. Everything has to be a competition, whether it's you know ping pong or uh, whether it's you know who can um, get to the dining hall the fastest. It's like everything is a competition. Always be competing, and if you have that, that is going to transfer into the games. You don't want to lose. A rep. Now, looking at the Eagles' offense versus the Giants' defense, it goes around the quarterback as well. Jalen Hurts was talked about as being an MVP candidate this year before he got hurt. He runs the ball, he throws the ball. You've got two dual-threat quarterbacks. Who's going to have the bigger day? Who's going to have the better day? I know that Jalen Hurts is not on the injury report. But I know that he took a, sh- uh, a few hits or he came down on that shoulder. And if they put a few hits on him, that shoulder's not all the way healed. He's going to feel that. And uh, he's not the biggest guy either. He's 6'1". They need to get to him. They need to get in his face. And now the Giants have their full defensive line healthy. Kayvon Thibodeau, Sexy Dexy, Dexter Lawrence, Leo Leonard Williams, and Aziz Ojalari. I don't think the Eagles necessarily are ready for them. I don't think they haven't seen them. It doesn't matter what I think. I know for a fact they haven't seen all of them healthy. And the Eagles offensive line, Lane Johnson had an injury. And Jason Kelsey is a good center. He's been in the league for a while, but he's he's a little undersized. There's no way he's going to be able to handle Dexter Lawrence on his own, so they're going to have to help him. Landon Dickerson and uh, Jordan Mailata out there at left tackle, he's a monster too. But, like, it's going to be a long day for these guys. If it's Kayvon Thibodeau versus Lane Johnson, who might be a little hurt, okay, Lane Johnson is an all-pro, but Kayvon Thibodeau loves the bright lights. He knows everyone's going to be watching. That's when he shines. He's going to bring his game. Uh, Aziz Ojalari going against Jordan Mailata. Let's see it. Mailata was a former rugby guy. He's an athlete. And they're going to try and give Jalen Hurts time to operate that offense. I don't expect them to have a great run game. I don't expect them to run all over the Giants, but they're going to try and run it. Jalen Hurts can run it, and Miles Sanders can run it. Boston Scott, they call him a giant killer. That's just because of the touchdowns. Uh, But I don't expect him to kill the Giants. Kenneth Gainwell, whoever, I don't expect them to just be able to run the ball at will. Both teams are going to have to throw the ball. And now we're talking about throwing the ball. Here is where the problem comes in. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, those two are hell on a secondary. Like, you're talking about a Heisman Trophy winner, and A.J. Brown, who's arguably the best receiver in the league. I know they're going to say Justin Jefferson. Uh, I had A.J. Brown and Jeff- Justin Jefferson on my fantasy team. I mean, these guys can put up a lot of points and score a lot of touchdowns. And I said earlier, they have to tackle. The Giants have to bring their arms. You can hit a guy. Don't throw a shoulder at him. You got to wrap him up because if you don't, that yards after catch can turn into touchdowns, and uh, it could be a long day. A.J. Brown is a handful of Devontae Smith is smaller, but he's fast. He's a good route runner, and he can terrorize you, too. So if you think you're going to stop A.J. Brown the way you stop Justin Jefferson with Adoree Jackson, Xavier McKinney, it's it's a different matchup, different team, different style receivers, and a different offense. And I can't wait to see it. I really can't wait to see what these guys do. Darius Slade, Isaiah Hodges, Richie James got to have big days. And the most important guy, I think, in this entire game, I think this is a legacy game. I think this is a game where Saquon Barkley, the pride of Penn State, goes back to Pennsylvania, and he's got to put on. He's got to put the team on his back. He's got to break a run. He's got to hit a home run. I always say Saquon is a home run hitter. Well, we need to see Saquon go yard, and he's got to get 15 carries. He's got to catch some screen passes, right? Uh, If if we're worried about this pass rush, screen them. If they're getting home, you know, go misdirection. And Saquon can be a weapon and I think he's healthy now and I think he's locked in. He's motivated. He's ready. Uh he's gonna have to be a big factor. And Wink Martindale likes to blitz, so they gotta get home. But he he tailed uh or he turned he, he tailed off a little bit. He turned it down a little bit last week with the blitz. You know, if that's what he's been showing all year, whatever, does it, it it's a different matchup, it's a, a different team, it's a different game. And uh yeah, that's just what I think about looking at these players and the team uh going against, you know, the Eagles going against the Giants and It's it's matchups. it's mano-a-mano, and, you know, uh, who was it, Leslie said, uh, you know, talent, hard work beats talent. And I know the rest of that phrase is hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. I think the Eagles work hard, but I think there is something right now about the Giants playing last week, having a chip on their shoulder. They're going to play hard, they're going to work hard, and they're not going in there afraid of the number one seed Eagles. So if the Eagles think it's going to be cake, if they think it's going to be a walk in the park, it's not, and they could be in for a long night. It's going to be a long game. It could come down to the last few minutes in the fourth quarter, and who has the ball? Call me up, 877-337-6666. This is the last, like, 45 minutes I have when we come back from the break. Keith McPherson on the fan. Don't go anywhere. BRB.